When you run out of hope, everything is backwards. Your heart wants the opposite of what it needs. It's a quote from Andrew Peterson in one of his books in the Wing Feather Saga. Good Friday is a place for those who have run out of hope. It's the place for those who have allowed your hearts to want the opposite of what they need. And it's because Good Friday is actually a day of backwards things. Now, just as Peterson said that when you run out of hope, everything is backwards and your heart wants the opposite of what it needs. The reason that Good Friday is for people who have landed there, who have run out of hope, who want the opposite of what they need, is because Good Friday is a backwards day. You see, when you have no hope, you make things run backwards. You begin to want what you shouldn't want. You begin to enjoy what ought not to be enjoyed. You lose your way. You rebel against your maker. You do what he tells you not to do in thought, word, and deed. And you don't do what he tells you to do in thought, word, and deed. You begin to get bitter at God for all of his rules, for your circumstances. Where there should be love and worship of God, there's hatred and idolatry. And then at that point, you begin to lose the ability to hope, to dream, to wonder, to believe. This is really the age that we live in today, a day of backwards things, an age that drifts to hopelessness and despair. So, if that describes how you feel today, or generally about life, or often, the Christian faith has a lot to say to you, because the rescue will come. But the rescue comes, ironically, with backwards things. Like a day that is anything but good being called good. Like a king who is all-powerful being crushed and crucified. Like a crown, not a crown of jewels, but a crown of thorns. We read earlier from John, John 19, 2 and 3, the soldiers wove a crown of thorns and put it on his head, and they put a purple robe on him. Hail, King of the Jews, they mocked as they slapped him across the face. Jesus is King. This is why this is uh, the backwards thing about what is happening here is, is not just that this is they're mocking a king who really is no king at all, just claimed to be a king. The crazy thing that's happening in this moment is that they, are, they put a, a robe and a crown on someone who's not a mere criminal who claimed to be king. No, this man is the king of kings. As he tells Pilate, his kingdom is actually not even of this world. His kingdom is over the world. He's king of the universe. He is the king of glory. God spoke... And by His Word, Jesus, the Word, the Word of God, He created the universe. Jesus holds the universe together by the power of His Word. Meaning in this moment, as He's being mocked by these soldiers, it's the power of Jesus' Word that is holding the very muscle tissue that they are using to mock and beat Him together. And yet, Jesus is a king like no other. 
Because it is this very backwards thing, this mocking the King of Kings, that secures His most important victory. It is His diadem of thorns that He stoops low in humiliation and shame and sorrow to seek and save sinners. It is only by the sharp thorn of His suffering that the poisonous thorn of our sin is drawn. In other words, apart from the cross, God cannot forgive sin. It's a quote by Frederick Leahy in The Cross He Bore. It is in this very crown of thorns which represents the very thing that Jesus is about to do on the cross where He, in His defeat, achieves victory. You see, the weakness of God is stronger than any strength there is in the world. And so at the very point of His defeat, at the very moment in which He is sunk to the lowest point, He is achieving victory. And He's doing so not by crushing Satan, though He does crush him, but it's by being crushed. And it's by being crushed for you. You see, the way in which this king works is unlike any other king there's ever been or ever will be. It's a king who puts not just the interest of his people in front of himself, but their very selves in front of himself. That he would actually go and give up his very life to die for you, his people. And not just to die for His people, to die for His people who have rebelled against Him and run the very opposite direction. You know, if you were to go into battle, one of the things that you do with your king is protect your king, right? Either battle or chess, whatever you do there, right? you got to protect your king. Because the king is the one that's setting the direction. The king is the leader who inspires the troops to move forward. And yet, our king does not protect himself, but actually submits to the very punishment that our sins deserve. To the very thing that our sins deserve. And he does so to forgive our sin. To pay the penalty that our sin deserves in our place, so that those who come and cry out for mercy and come in faith to Jesus, who identify themselves with this King, can actually be fully forgiven because their King has endured all the punishment in their place. They can be fully forgiven and actually have not just full forgiveness, but Perfect righteousness. Just as Jesus identifies himself with this crown of thorns and on the cross with our sin, on Sunday morning, as we will see, we identify ourselves with his resurrection power and his perfect righteousness. So that we are no longer seen as rebels running away from the king, but as those who are welcomed into the very throne room into the very throne room to ask of the King like He's our Father. The very King of kings 
We get to come so near that we can talk to him with words like Papa. Because he has stooped in humility for us. When you run out of hope, everything is backwards. Your heart wants the opposite of what it needs. And when you want to regain hope, when you want to break out of despair, what we need is the backwards victory of Good Friday. You see, our hearts long to break out of despair, to find hope. And we often do this by finding hope, by looking to the positive. If we can just focus on the positive things and not the negative things. If we could just have a hero who will come to win the day. But what our hearts need, what they need is the opposite of that. What they need is a hero who comes to lose in our place. A hero who comes to enter into our hopelessness and despair. To find its bottom. And there in the silence of the tomb, there is where hope may be found. A hope that comes because the king, in losing, has won. In dying, he has found new life. And in that tomb springs forth the first rays of sunshine. The hope of resurrection glory. But before we run there too quickly, let's make sure we sit Sit at the feet of the cross and recognize the cost of our redemption. Sit and wonder at the love of God on display for us. Sit and simply marvel at the glory of the crucified King. Let's pray. Father, we desperately need your grace. We are so quick to run from something hard like gazing at the cross. Would you help us to ponder tonight, tomorrow, the cost, Jesus, that you endured for our sake. Not so that we would wallow in our own self-despair, but so that we would marvel at your grace and your humility and your love. So that we would know if you went to such a dark place and spent such an immense cost, it's, we can know for sure that you so desperately love and adore us. Jesus, would you help us to sit there and just experience your love? Holy Spirit, would you come? Would you help each one of us who calls you, Jesus, King and no other King to know you as the crucified King and to know you as the loving King? Jesus, would you do this, we pray. In Christ's name, amen. I invite you guys to stand as we respond and sing together.